Hey guys, I'm Kelly Wolf, and this is the Flow Podcast. I feel like I have to clear something up. So when people hear the word flow, they always ask me, is this a yoga class or just something that can happen when you're surfing? But this flow stands for finding love over worry. And this podcast is all about the ways that you can have more flow in your life. On the Flow Podcast, I'm going to share my wisdom as a coach, a writer, a speaker, and a mama. I want to give you all the goods so that you can start your flow journey today. All right, let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Flow Podcast. All right, you guys, as promised, I am continuing to bring you my spiritual board of directors. Yes, we are sitting in a room trying not to giggle because we realize how absurd that sounds sometimes. But today I am bringing you the incredible, the incomparable, who is now buttoning her shirt, Sarah Burke Travers. Guys, we did not just make out. I promise you that. Although we might. Who knows? This could go any direction. Okay, so Sarah is, well, she's going to tell you the story in a minute. I'm not going to tell you. But let me do as I always do, which is give you first the typical Wikipedia resume, and then I'm going to give you my resume. Okay, Sarah, here's how the game works. I'm going to do those things, and then you are going to tell me what I got wrong and what I got right. Okay. But I'll try not to look at you so that I won't see where I'm getting it right or wrong. Okay, should I not look at you? You can look at me. Okay, Okay, so this is going to go, this is going to go like in a real fun direction right out of the gates. All right, guys, here is your standard fair resume. Sarah was born in Vancouver. She went to Cap University, where she studied childhood education and psychology. She then left college to run a preschool for 11 years. Mm -hmm. You are a saint, holy mother Mm -hmm. of Mary. In her recent adult life, Mm -hmm. well, not recent, I think it's been about seven years, she has volunteered for a nonprofit called Baby Go Round, and they help to serve mostly refugee families, but underserved families in the Vancouver metro area. Now. Perfect. Thank you. Well, that I wrote down. How could I get (laughs) it wrong? Okay. Okay. Okay, Here's my, here's my personal bio. Oof. This is going to get good. Okay. Sarah. So yes, Sarah was born in Vancouver, which is where I met her. And the first thing that happens when you meet Sarah is you realize instantaneously that she's either running for mayor, is mayor, or has been mayor for a significant amount of time. She is instantly one of the warmest, most inclusive people I think I've ever met in my life. And we're going to talk about this more in the podcast as how to make friends in your middle life or as an adult female. I hear that a lot from my community, that they find it very hard to make friends as an adult female. I I think you are a Jedi in that department. So my initial reaction to Sarah was that. She comes from a very dynamic family, and I think a very old family from Vancouver. So I think her history in Vancouver goes back many, many, many generations. She has uh, two brothers and one sister, She has two children of her own, a girl and a boy, and little fun sidebar. Her son is pretty much the same age as Jackson, which she will tell you the story about how we met. Okay, if you meet her, you think she's got it all together. She has this. I'm going to give people this image, all right? She's got beautiful red hair, like Mm. Miller. We always joke that she's actually Miller's mom. She 
has a style that reminds me of like beach Vogue chic mom. Wow. <laughs> like she brings containers to things. Okay. That's okay, true. No, you know, That's stick true. with this. Okay. That's true. She's got a thing. I mean, Sarah's a vibe. True. You know, I'm trying to think of the right word here, but you're, you are a complete vibe. She's always got a different scent on or the crisp white shirt. Or I say she always brings containers because Sarah does this thing. Okay. If she's coming to your house, she'll bring a basket. Like, let's say she only has her keys and her lip gloss. It's like, a little basket that's the size of a, you know, a, hand, a couple of hands. Easter basket. Yeah. If, if she's coming, say, let's to walk to the beach, yeah. it'll be this bigger basket that probably has a cheese plate, maybe something freshly baked. We're not sure. Why and something so she definitely <laughs> picked up at some cafe because I'm trying to get the vibe. Okay. But the reason I want to say all of that is because I think that what could happen when somebody met somebody like you is they'd mm. feel intimidated. They would, in- they would instantly feel intimidated. Really? Yes. And here's why. If you're new to a place, mm-hmm. just your whole vibe could come off being like, I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm, if that's okay for me. This is a person who's very established. This is a person who has their world. This is all true. And I don't belong there. But then you do a thing right after that, that kind of breaks that wall down. And that was the thing that I talked to Cam about the most. Oh. Because I... I'm particularly curious if you are, one, aware that you do that, and two, is that a choice of yours? Why would somebody who has as deep a root... I'm so into this right now. This is good, right? Yeah. 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 This is good. good. But but Mm. to to ask that question, so... When you come from this place, you've Mm -hmm. lived here your whole life, you have an established... And this is going to be a lot of people Mm -hmm. where a new person comes in. Mm-hmm. And they don't want to do that. They're not down for bringing new people in. Mm-hmm. I see you do it all the time. In fact, and before you answer that question, Sarah will come over to, she's in my bubble, by the way, but she'll come over to my house and she'll go, oh my God, Kelly, there's a new mom at school and I'm obsessed with her. And she'll like tell me all these things about her. So instead of being a person who's like, ew, there's a new person and I don't mm-hmm. want to hang out with them or they have to work hard to get into my circle, you kind of do the opposite. Mm-hmm. So first, tell people how we met. Okay. And then I want you to answer that question. One of the things I get asked about the most are recommendations for coaches in different niche areas. I have a coach who I recommend to all parents who have found themselves feeling like they are alone in their parenting journey because their child was born in a way that they didn't expect. Margaret Web Life Coaching is a true unicorn, you guys. She is a master certified life coach. She is certified nature-based coach. She is a former teacher, but her most important journey and job on this life was being a mother to her 17-year-old son who is on the autism spectrum. She works with parents who feel incredibly alone in their journey with a child that they didn't expect. And she wants to remind those parents that not only are they not alone, but there are things that they can do to bring ease and joy in their life that they may have never considered. I call Margaret a friend. She is a profoundly gifted coach. And if you have found yourself on this journey, I would not hesitate to reach out to her. Go to margaretweblifecoach.com and that is web with two B's. And I promise that this will change the journey for you.
Are you celebrating the moments of your life, the big and small moments of your life? Because our friends at 1111 Wines believe in just that. In fact, their tagline is make your moment. You guys, I've been a fan of 1111 Wines for years. They are a luxury wine brand. They have one of the top winemakers in the world, Kirk Vengay, and they believe deeply in the power of connection. 1111 has so much to offer. You can be a wine club member, which gives you incredible perks, one of which is priority booking in their incredible vineyard house. Guys, I booked it last year and did it to mark a really special occasion in my life, and I will never forget it. So the next time that you want to make a moment in your life, consider giving the gift of 1111 wines to someone that you love, or give it to yourself. Sign up for the wine club, go to their website at 1111wines.com, and be ready to make your moment. First of all, I'm so excited about this because I'm as curious about why things are because it's not just that way for me it's for you too or anyone who's like-minded so firstly you and I met my brother-in-law was working on a show with Scott this is this might come across in a I don't know how this is going to come across but he had said to me my brother-in-law you need to meet this couple that are on the show their son is the same age as have I told you this Mm -mm. okay he told me way before I met you that I needed to meet you. Oh, interesting. But I didn't dig the actor vibe, perhaps. And I just thought, well, why do, no, I'm good. Like, no. And I don't know why. And I obviously regret that at this stage, especially when we met. I was like, oh my God, I've wasted all this time. So I go to Whole Foods. I'm at the deli counter and Scott wheels up next to me. Both of us have one-year-olds, almost two maybe, in our carts. And I look to my right and there's Scott and I'm running through a Rolodex of things I could say or totally ignore the situation. And I thought, no, he's crossed my path for a reason. So I looked over and I said, hi. And then he looked at me and said, hi, of course. You should have been like, here's my number. Totally. (laughs) And then I thought, how can I, how can I, like, I'm not this super fan. I didn't want to come across as that. And I said, so you're working on a show with my brother-in-law. And he looked at me and it was weird because you have a few moments in life where you see someone register. His face went from like, I got to be nice to this person because I just, to, oh my God, I know who you are. Don't go anywhere. Just stay here. Watch my kid. And that's literally what happened. Mm. Can you watch Jackson, I'm going to get Kelly. Don't go anywhere. Yeah, he knew. And then he started yelling for you. He knew. Cal, come here, come here, come here. And then that was it. He knew. And then we came together and had a play date with our kids. I don't know how much longer, not long after that. And then I thought, oh my God, where have you been all my life? <laughs> like you're another person. Yeah. We had a very that instantaneous, is, yeah. like, simpatico friendship, know each other from another life yes, kind like of vibe. Deep. That story in particular interests me, obviously, on a lot of levels. But when you're listening to the breadcrumbs, mm. you know, that no matter what, the mm-hmm. universe had a plan for us to cross paths. And so the first attempt the universe made was to have Steve bring mm-hmm. that up. Because it's yeah. kind of random if you think about it. You know, even just that, I think in the, in the, it's very, very random. I mean, especially in our world, in this industry, it's so transient. We don't often get that thing where people are like, I need to meet so-and-so. Like I, I struggle sometimes and I've noticed a pattern as I'm getting older and I can look back over enough time. I notice a pattern where 
the way I meet someone and the entry point into someone's life is really important to me. Yeah. Me too. And I think it sets the tone. And so if you're introduced to somebody else through someone that you really value, mm-hmm. that holds a higher purpose or maybe you'll be more interested or it'll have a different flavor. And that mattered to me. Like the fact that we met organically, even though I'd had the nod and I'd been encouraged for six months. Gosh, to, that's wild. I know. To do. I didn't know that. That and make that happen and phone and reach out. Do I, you find as an adult, because that was my other big question for you too, finding new friendships and creating new friendships. So, you know, I lived in Park City, Utah. Mm -hmm. That's a town where a lot of people come. Like a lot of people move there. They want that. So there's always a new person coming in. And I see two different things happen. Mm -hmm. People who completely shut that out. Mm -hmm. They are not interested. I even Mm -hmm. had a friend of mine say, I need a sign in front of my door that says no new friends. That's harsh to me. but 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 I also get it. I also get it. And I think that Vancouver is that way too. Oh God, it's I think there are constantly people coming in. Yeah. So how do you, because I've seen you do this many times, how do you choose? How do you embrace? Like, do you, is it a vibe? And then what's the choice in your head? Because you have a very, very, very full life. The reason why I got all fired up when you brought this up is because I'm just as curious as you are about this. Your impression of me is not my impression of me, <laughs> right? Never and is. what you, and if you could see like the, gong show to behind me. I don't know why the front looks different Mm. than the back, but I am so curious. And that's a common thread. And even Cam, who you talk to, both of us are such curious individuals that that will get you from A to B to C. You don't even realize you're picking up people along the way because I want to know what you're doing. What are you doing? And I just had this conversation Mm. with my daughter, Paisley. We were talking about friends because this year has been really difficult. And I was saying, you know, if you see someone and they're doing something interesting, you may not know them yet, but what they're doing might be the gateway to that friendship or they may lead you to something else. But Mm. don't be afraid to pursue somebody. How do you start that? So let's let's pretend. I think I'm really good at small talk. I think I've realized this recently. I don't have any hangups. I'm judgy in a fun way. (laughs) I'm not judgy in a... We can't be friends Mm -hmm. way. I will never think I have enough people in my life ever. Mm. Oh my God. I don't even understand that logic. How can you have too many people? I can understand feeling pulled in a thousand directions, but how can you have too many people who you love or enjoy being around? Mm. I often think like the worst thing to be is lonely. And so when you collect all these people and maybe... Maybe it's watching our dad, my dad, have these different lanes in his life. He had his ski friends and he has his town friends and he has his summer friends. And he had he had all these different groups of people. And anywhere we go with him as a creature of habit, and Cam could attest to this because he traveled more with my dad in Europe, is he has places he goes and restaurants he goes and he has his people. Mm. And I like having my people. I like having people that I'm comfortable with. And I have a handicap that has benefited me. And my handicap is I hate shallow relationships. I really, 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 I don't use the word hate lightly. I dislike having the same two inch deep conversation every time I see somebody. There's someone in my life that I have that situation with. And it makes me sad because on a few occasions we've had some cocktails and 
it's gone deeper and it's been amazing. And Mm. I'm like, where have you been hiding? So to answer your question, I didn't know that was a superpower to be accommodating to meeting new people. I think it's such a gift for me. I'm so bored with what I know and my own stuff. Like I really enjoy my own company and I enjoy my quiet time and I enjoy the thoughts I have in my head all day and the jokes that I have running and my dirty, dirty mind. (laughs) But I love other people's stuff. And I think would you say that's that the, where you and I connect? It is, well, yeah. without a doubt. Hello, look what yeah. we're doing for our afternoon. Exactly. Would you say that the core vibration, the core mm. feeling in that is is curiosity? Because I 100%. hear you I hear you say that and mm-hmm. I think, oh gosh, how do you pour into that many people at the level that you do mm-hmm. and not get burnt out? Well, I do get burnt out, as you know, and I do need help not feeling all their things all the time. I was trying to describe this to my daughter, who's very empathetic as I am, as you are, as lots of people who we tend to surround ourselves with are because they're soft with you and handle you with kid gloves. I was trying to describe to her how to be open to new people and how to understand that it's worth the risk. You may get burned nine times, but that one time where it's like you. Mm. When I got the phone call, like, oh, you know, these guys don't know anyone in Vancouver being you and Scott. Go be the mayor. Yeah, and I sort of thought, well, I don't want to hang out with him. I don't really have anything in common. And he could be a really nice guy, but he's me working a lot. And what, like, I seriously pass judgment, which is not usually my thing, but I... I was like, and it wasn't that my life was so full that I didn't have time for more friends. I just kind of thought, well, who am I going to be to them also? Right. It wasn't that I thought that I was too good for you. Mm. It was that, uh, what am I offering to you? You've probably got a system going. Like, I just didn't think that there was a need for me to insert myself there. But when you're in front of me, I need to feel you. Yeah. And then there's an undeniable moment, like the way that you and I met. Mm. But for people that are out there who, you know, feel challenged to make a new friend, or Mm -hmm. like the other day when you called and said, I'm obsessed with this Mm -hmm. mom that I'm seeing. But then we tell ourselves a story, but I shouldn't go over there. I shouldn't. Here's a good, here's a good one that you'll appreciate. When I, when we first got here last year, Mm -hmm. it's the middle of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Everybody's in masks. Still to this day, mm-hmm. I have not gone inside my kid's school because so we still insane. aren't allowed, right? It's a very weird, yeah. surreal experience to come in at that time. But I remember the first few days I would go to drop off and I walk up there because mm-hmm. I have to do two separate times for the ages of the kids. And I would see like different groups of moms and mm-hmm. dads, but different groups of parents that would be hanging out up there. Yeah. And there were a couple groups that I thought those are that's those are my girls. I remember. <laughs> I remember these conversations. Yeah. Those are those are my girls. Yeah. But I How do I get from here to there? Yeah. yeah. And I thought, how do I how do I broach this? It was also the pandemic added to that sensation. Mm-hmm. But the same kind of co- thing went through my head, which is they're not going to bring me in. They're mm-hmm. not going to want to mm-hmm. bring me in. But I think what you said, and you tell me if this is right mm-hmm. or wrong, if we approach any of those moments. Mm -hmm. We get rid of that sensation of fear or not good enough or unworthiness and stick to curiosity. Is that our entry point? Always. Two things. Mm. One's personal and one's general. Yes. Curious. For example, I find if I, now I'm giving away all my secrets. (laughs) That's what you're here for. (laughs) If I (laughs) 
don't know and I don't know you, but I feel like you might be really interesting. And I don't know how to bridge that gap. I might comment on something like an inanimate object. Like, has anyone, does anyone know if that's a parking spot that any parent can park in? So that starts a dialogue, right? You're both looking at something. It has nothing to do with a personal situation with either of you, but it's just something to focus on. And then all of a sudden, inevitably, you will turn back towards each other and the conversation will start. I think what we need to realize as women is our girls are watching and the curiosity that I have in what makes other people, I mean, Paisley and I have the most ridiculous conversations about meeting new people and organizing parties and wouldn't it be fun, you know, just keeping that curiosity alive. And with her, what I've learned in the past year, and it's resonated with a lot of people that I've talked to, and I just can't say enough about watch your teens, watch your teens. They may be partying. They may be sneaking out at night. They may be the other end of the spectrum. They may not be getting out of bed. It's all important to watch. What has happened this year, if you're comfortable talking about that? You've been sort of a a lighthouse for me, ironically, lighthouse, because that's where we always hide every day. But My oldest is 12, Mm -hmm. your oldest is 16, Mm -hmm. and I have the benefit of Mm -hmm. sort of watching Mm -hmm. a few years ahead. And they're similar. Very similar in their nature. And I've seen this year be Mm -hmm. particularly Mm -hmm. hard on all of that age group, I think. What have you seen with Paisley and what have you seen in her group in general? Well, I've seen, if I could break it down into three things. Just to clarify, guys, just so everybody knows, little caveat, Sarah and Paisley spoke about this implicitly. Mm -hmm. If this conversation was okay, we have gotten her Mm -hmm. okay. And maybe we'll have her on at some point too, to talk because I definitely, I think that this is a thing that's not a thing. I don't mean a thing that this is happening Mm -hmm. everywhere. I would actually like anyone listening that this resonate, this particular topic resonates with to let you know, because I found there's a lot of secrecy or privacy Mm. with parents, with teens. Nobody wants to be, yeah, like you failed. Mental health has one of the biggest shame buckets around. People talk about this a lot. If there's an illness, say like, um, you know, a tangible illness that we're more willing to talk about it and we're more willing to accept help. When it's mental, mm-hmm. we won't talk about it and we won't accept help, which is the definition of shame. Well, and I have to admit, at certain TSN turning points along this journey with my daughter, so high level, I would say she is an incredibly empathetic, open human being. To the point, we went to get a COVID test at the drive through and a nurse from three stalls down came over to our car, to her side in the passenger window, out of nowhere. And I thought, you know, when someone approaches you right now and comes right up to you, you're sort of curious. And she came (laughs) right up to Paisley and said, I just had to come over and say, I could see you. And she said, you are an empath. Whoa. And she looked at what Paisley was wearing. And Paisley has all these crystal bracelets and her rings. and, And they had a really interesting conversation. And Paisley is empathetic and peaceful and all those good things. And when I think she would break, she doesn't. To the point where in these moments throughout this year in particular, when she's had to make tough decisions or have difficult conversations to get her to advocate for herself at 16, my God, I couldn't even ask where the washroom was. Like, (laughs) that's for real. She has been such a strong advocate for herself. I don't know why that is. She's always been like that. But 
that's her. Keep an eye on your teens. What I have learned is that if you need to visualize this, because I'm a visual learner, her life and her anxiety, let's call it, was, which is what it was, what it is. I always think of it as being the door jam or the door frame. And she's on one side and then there's that frame and her entire amazing life is on the other side. And it's a hundred miles long and it's a dream come true, but she can't step through. And she could see it from an outsider's perspective. And she would sit there and describe it to me. And I wish I could get on the bus again. I wish I felt okay to go for coffee with my friends again. And in this pandemic, I've had a couple of moments of like mama bear, one being a, uh, a social media group that was started at the school. And it's been on the news here. So yeah. it's a pretty public thing. <laughs> so it's a Facebook group. It was and in it the New was... York Times. It was in our. Oh, that's right. Remember? You told The New me York about Times that. ran an article about this, the Vancouver based Facebook group that just got really feisty. I think it went from being a really lovely community situation and group to becoming sort of thousands of members, which we don't mm-hmm. have and no one actually knows each other. And we're very spread out and nor would we ever meet under any circumstance, but this. What was the core p- purpose of it that was Facebook to group? Make like, what was the initial point? A mom at the school started it and I give her full props for it because it took a life of its own and it was a lot of work for her. Yeah, the initial was idea was, it was genius. meaningful and genius. Yeah. Because nobody was letting any, any parents know where the COVID cases were in the schools because they wanted to keep it under wraps, which as we know now, that's not helpful. That's hurting people. And it actually puts people on a witch hunt because they start assuming you have it, you have, you know, whatever that leads to. It's just, it's inappropriate at this stage, but it started to become a bit of a pylon. Moms were piling on other moms for their opinions or being honest. And they were obviously bearing very intimate details about what was happening in their life with the hope of benefiting somebody else and then getting piled on by strangers, which I'm not Facebook savvy, but I think is it just broke my heart because I don't even know these people, but the things that were being said to them, heartbreaking. And I just saw moms piling on teens, piling, blaming them for everything. They're having house parties. They're having beach parties. They're the super spreaders. And I was sitting there with a child who was struggling to get out of bed. And I just was reading all of these messages and all of these strangers piping in. And I said, something. I put a little shit sandwich in there. You know, thank you for bringing up the topic of teens. However, my teen and my experience is the other end of the pendulum swing. Please keep in mind that this is a time where you can be nice to each other. You can be kind, be gentle. Everyone's doing the best they can. And I just got blasted. And then I was asked to take it down because it triggered people. Because I also neglected to say in there, I said, mental health problems will outlive COVID for our teens. And I was asked to remove my comment because of the mental health aspect of it. And in hindsight, I took it down because the person who runs the page, she was going to take it down anyway. And I said, no, I let people too far in. That's my bad. I'm going to take the power back and take it down on my own. But I disagree with this. Ignoring it doesn't mean it's not there. And if there's one thing I can say about these teens and my my poor daughter's friend group, which has splintered, but then come back together in a beautiful way, I think this kind of thing where adults are denying that this is happening with teens makes these teens feel broken and they go darker and they hide and they're not open about sharing this with their parents. And then what? What does that lead to? I don't even know, but it's not good. You have to meet them where they are. And for Paisley, I mean, it's just been... 
if I really, honestly, it sounds awful. I don't really care about her grades this year. I mean, who does? I don't know what she's learned this year academically, but my God, what she has learned, her strength and her power and her wisdom and to trust her gut. I think about Paisley's journey and we're, you know, we're making it sound very, very detrimental. She she was Mm -hmm. still, she had her head above water. I mean, Mm -hmm. she was over here. She was doing things. But you were seeing uh-huh. the intensity of oh it. I and, knew where it could go. And, and and yeah, exactly. We I know where it can go. With your help, I stopped it. And we, it can go pretty quickly. Yeah. You know, that and, was fast. And actually. that's something that people need to, to know too. Mm-hmm. But I know mm-hmm. who you and Rob are as parents and mm-hmm. your, your, you know, family at large mm-hmm. and how much you show up and how much you help each other. And I can't help but think about kids that don't have that. Or, or don't have any outlet for that matter. And so now we've got them possibly not going to school, not around a peer group, and possibly not with a supportive family. And to your point, look, I'm not making a, a statement about this one way or the other, but I think we would be asinine to not see it mm-hmm. and to not also address it in the same way that we're addressing other things. The effect that this is having, especially mm-hmm. on teen brains right now is pretty profound. It's one thing to have my younger aged kids Mm -hmm. where I can sort of shelter that to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. And we've been very lucky that we've gone to school this whole time. So in my world, my younger kids are going to school every day and having that interaction. But if you're a teenager, I think you told me at one point, they might go for an hour. I mean, just depending on how the breakdown was in any given day. So they're not having that that next degree. Are you willing to say what you guys have done to help? I mean, did mm-hmm. you talk to counselors? Did you talk to therapists? We did it all. Like what what would a parent do if they're kind of seeing their their teen child drifting? What was your first mm-hmm. pass? Did you talk to the school? Where did you do first? As you and I are similar in this curiosity and like why our brains work the way they work, Paisley is also curious. She has been somebody who, if she could see a therapist every day for pleasure, yeah. Moi aussi. I've learned how to say that in French because my kids are learning French. Moi aussi. Cool. She would go into her counselor's room in her school and just check in on her. And so God bless, because I was ahead of the game. I There have been many passes and many moments where I've had to be an, an adult in the past year with her, where I've thought, oh my God, if she doesn't go for this... What's plan B? But thank God she's gone for everything that we've put in front of her, whether it was counseling. We just had a new IEP done for her last week, which is- Tell people that aren't Canadian what that means. So it's an individualized education plan. Sounds really- technical, but it's not. It's actually Paisley was in a French immersion school and her math and French combination when she was in grade five was really giving her some a hard time. And so we took her to get an individualized education plan. So it does a full psych makeup, like it's a full two days of testing to see right brain, left brain, how your brain functions, where your where your um, strongest attributes lie academically, and where you might be struggling a little bit and how to support it. Is and this then, something that's available to anybody absolutely. if you go through a school? If you go through the schools, it can take 18 months. Okay. If you go privately, it'll cost you money. 
but you could have it within three months. And the rub there is but that anybody can get to this. Absolutely. If, okay. And I can't highly recommend that enough because I think the final, so they do a full assessment and then give you the report and that report goes to your child's school. And then the teacher gets that report. They put a team together to support your child. Wow. And that is assuring in the public school system that your child will get the support that they need. And that's- Is this a British Columbia thing or is this a Canadian thing? I don't know. I know it's Canadian because my nephew lives in Toronto mm-hmm. and he had one. I mean, when you told me about that, it's I am not familiar with that mm-hmm. in the, in the so States. So maybe it's a Canadian thing. I don't thing. know, but that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. I just have never heard about it. Yeah. And I just think it's genius. I also think like how the schools can rally around a student mm-hmm. and create an environment that's going to be specifically powerful for that child. Oh my gosh. Can you even imagine if we had had that no. when we were... Yeah, I right. I mean, I just I feel like it would change the trajectory so much. So, as you know, and I won't talk about this because it's I haven't gotten clearance from him. But having a twelve-year-old boy, you have a twelve-year-old mm-hmm. boy as well. I am now starting to see the what I think mm-hmm. is a harder parenting time mm-hmm. than the littles. Personally, I'm sure people can have all kinds of different feelings about this. You think. When you have young kids, you go, oh, it's going to be a breeze when they, when I don't have to wipe their butts and, and, you know, pick out the outfits and wake them up and all the stuff. Oh no. Mm -hmm. Because the psychological Mm -hmm. um, challenge is so much bigger. I I think, I Mm -hmm. feel. So I'm curious to hear from you. What is, I call it the 3 a.m. wake up. You know, the one where you (gasps) wake up in the middle of the night, like grabbing grabbing the walls and like, what's happening? What's that one for you right now? Or do you have one? Maybe you're just sleeping easy I think easy, I've breezy. been, no, no. I don't wake up at night worrying, to be mm, honest with yeah. you. I think I've been pretty good at metaphorically and literally getting on the floor if need be. I'm not afraid. That curiosity has taken me a long way in many different areas, um, meeting people, but also helping Paisley this year and being curious why that was happening to her. Because from the outside looking in, you know, she's a beautiful, lovely, happy, athletic girl, but she didn't see any of, she doesn't see any of that. And so I'm always curious where this anxiety came from and what started it. And I realized quickly that her, and this might've been the 3am, it was more of a an epiphany. Mm, I suddenly realized it wasn't a panic Mm. because I'm curious. It was like a knowing. I think like the 3 a.m. might be a little bit attached to guilt. Mm. And I had like a moment where I thought, oh, my God, this is all happening to her. She's looking at it from the outside in and it's not situational. Oh, my God, this is something we can treat. This is something we can manage. Like I suddenly. Like it's not out of our range to do, to have an effect on it, to do something. I was in the weeds with her and she wasn't, we didn't need to be in the weeds. We need Mm. to go to 30,000 feet, as my dad always says, and look down at the bigger picture. What's the bigger picture? She's got a ton of good stuff going for her. She's speaking about the situation in third person. This is something that's happening to her. Mm. This isn't something, and and it's going everywhere with her. It wasn't because she was claustrophobic. It wasn't because she had social anxiety. It wasn't all these things. But you want to give her another year of no treatment? 
all those things would be her legacy. That's she where we start be, to hardwire. Oh, I mean, we've talked about that too. She Literally, would be claustrophobic. Scientifically. She would have social yes. anxiety. She would have it. She would label herself all day long. And on another note, so that's sort of my, my sort of middle of the night epiphany or like just thinking, I always think of things as a camera zoom lens. This is so stupid, but it's I do not, this all what? the time. Don't ever say that. It sounds so dumb and it might just be personal, but I think of things I zoom in too close. Can't see it. Zoom out a little, keep going, keep going. There it is. That makes sense. I keep zooming out until it makes sense mm. to me. It only has to make sense to me. When you just said, I mean, if you guys haven't heard this before, if you aren't seeing what you want at three feet yeah. then go out to 30,000 feet and see if you see it in a different way. And, but when you said that, and because it's a reminder to all of us, I'm going through my own things in parenting. Like, and I said, I, I honor my children enough to not speak about their mm-hmm. inner stuff without mm-hmm. their permission. And so do you. And we agree on that. But when you said it just now, I went, that's exactly it. Because mm-hmm. I'm having that 3 a.m. wake up call right now. Wake up, whatever the hell. Mm-hmm. Wake up, sometimes sweating, panicking. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I wish Fortnite would just disappear off the face <laughs> of the freaking all? earth for God's yeah. sakes. But whatever that is, mm-hmm. right? And what you just said, when you, I immediately, as you were talking, went, oh, mm-hmm. there's at least, at minimum, mm-hmm. 10 options about you know, whatever X is, whatever's happening in your life. There's yeah. at least 10. But when I'm looking at it so close oh, to the God. face of it, I, I feel like there are no options, right? And and not only do I feel like there's no options, I am, that's why I created flow. Yeah. Because I'm very susceptible to going to the, well, this is going to make them an addict someday because that's what's happening to their brain. And I feel like I know too much. Mm-hmm. And if you play video games this much, then this is what happens to yeah. your brain. Yeah. And I start reading all the articles about it, right? I can really go down that rabbit yeah, hole. Yeah, me too. But I think what you just said is so important that it's it's far from stupid or dumb. It's mm-hmm. it's genius. And even in its simplicity, we just need that reminder sometimes. I always think of like, well, what do you want? And not judgy, just like, what do you need? What do you want? Like she wanted, Paisley wanted peace. She wanted friends. She want, but all of those things, if I tried to fight every battle alongside her, friends, being able to ride the bus without having a panic, like all of these things. If I, if we try to micromanage every one of those weeds, let's say in quotations, we need to get out of the weeds because the solution wasn't in the weeds because it wasn't the weeds. There was one umbrella problem. Right. And that was treatable. And so, you know, with everything we've done and everything we've been through this year, I hope that, and I know, like, it's not a hope. I know that she knows so much more about herself. And that's something that she will take with her moving forward. And it's funny because she had her 16th birthday. I mean, I can say this. She had her 16th birthday two weekends ago and she wanted to cancel. And I told her that she could have a bunch of girlfriends over on our front lawn. Damn COVID for 16th birthday. And she tried to cancel that day a few times. And I just couldn't let her cancel because that was the door frame. The canceling, just getting them to the house was the door frame. It's the anticipation Mm. of the moment. It's not the moment. Because when the moment's there, she's on 
fire. There's no one more fun in the room, but it's the anticipation. I mean, we're all bad packers, let's say. It's the anticipation of a trip and being a really bad packer. Me too. Rob's like, why do you have to take this much stuff? I'm like, does it matter? We're taking one plane and going to a condo. (laughs) But she, I said, no, no, no. And I said, look, if it's a bust or at Kelly and Scott's down the street, you call me, we'll come home. You can pack it in. No biggie. Let's just give it a shot. And Oh my God, time of her life. She came inside. Everyone in my house went to bed. Rob gave up at like 11.45. She came inside from the front lawn. We actually had to tell him to be quiet at certain points, which was like, oh my God, I was overjoyed. I was so happy. It's not, that's got, that's the best feeling having after this year. Mm -hmm. And just for people to have a little bit of context. So we are in British Columbia, Mm -hmm. Vancouver. As you all know, I am here because Scott's working on a show and now coming up a movie. Whoop, whoop, go Scotty. But- We are in, I think, the most severe lockdown that we've had since last year. Yes. So just to have context Mm -hmm. of where we are, I know a lot of my friends in the States are like, what is happening? Outside party? They're in a completely different environment. And to just wrap your head around that, Mm -hmm. that these kids have been in it for quite some time. Paisley. Yeah. Um, Charlie, Jack yeah. have all had now had two COVID birthdays. I know. Right. And and we've made it work. I mean, listen, yeah. there's nothing I could say big picture for us and our yeah. family. I truly have nothing that I can point a finger to, but we are the lucky ones. You know, I think we're very lucky. You scratch the surface with Paisley and you kind of like peeked behind that curtain. Oh my God, so scary. And there are so, oh my God, I can't even, sometimes it just can buckle my heart to think about how many kids out there are do not get the help that they need. If I can say one theme that I'm mm. seeing right now that is Paisley's coping or the way she leaned in this moment, thank God, was needing a little mental health support, be it psychologist or whatever therapy or whatever she needed to get her through. And full disclosure, she's like a different kid right now. In fact, Rob and I were commenting on her face. She's just, she's joyful. She's up in the morning. She's back. She's back. She is back. Like it is to the point where I was a little irritated with her yesterday. She was quite Hey, that's good. But that's a good sign. (laughs) But I have to say that a lot of her friends at her high school, there are more drugs this year than any other year. Yes, this is the first time I've been dealing with a 16-year-old in a high school, but there were drugs last year. But this is next level. So whether or not you think your child is struggling with something, just stop every once in a while. You know what? Let them. It's important for us parents to just take our ego out of the mix every once in a while and have somebody who's an outsider and knows what they're talking about, be it Kelly or a psychologist or a therapist or a school counselor, just tell you, this is a person. They don't react the way you react. Stop putting your stuff on them. Just listen to what they need. And none of these kids who are doing, you know, not none, but a lot of the kids that are doing drugs this year as opposed to last year are definitely stuffing something, dealing with something, coping with something. And I'm so glad that we got on top of it. I'm not a saint. I didn't write some book on parenting. I just was super curious about why she was feeling the way she is. Actually, one of her favorite people is Cam, my brother, her uncle. And they have a cute relationship too. And they talked about this. And I think taking that shame, Mm. just throw everything you think you know about mental health. And especially if you have a teenager, out the window, just start talking. Yeah. 
Did you know that OG is an NSF certified organic skincare company? Because they are committed to a seed to skin approach. That way you can know everything that you're putting on your skin is from the purest ingredients from the earth. I am a fan of all the OG products. My makeup bag looks like an OG makeup stand. (laughs) But my favorite right now is the sculpted face sticks. I love Carnelian. It gives me this buildable, luminous, dewy glow, and I'm obsessed. You guys can find OG on all major social platforms from YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram at OG. That's O-G-E-E. You can also go to their website, www.og.com, and check out all their products. They're stunning. You will love having them on your countertop. All right, guys, let's get glowing with OG. I had a huge aha moment when I first started working with Joe at Blueberry Nutrition, and that is blueberry-nutrition.com. And when you go to their website, start by taking the quiz. It will give you an individualized program that's created just for you. So when I first started working with Joe, she had helped me find these small changes, these tiny habits that I could make for my overall health. At the time, I had been feeling dizzy and my blood pressure was low, and she really got to the root of the problem. Her whole method is to get you off of those vicious cycles of losing the same 20 pounds over and over again. Her method was designed to create lasting changes for you, changes that are doable that come from small habit shifts. Go check out blueberry-nutrition.com and start your health journey today. You said something too that I thought was really wise, which is ask somebody what they need Mm -hmm. and then abide by it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, instead of going and they say that I, and I'm guilty of this with, with Jack in particular, I I need to be alone, but I see he's dealing with something. So I'm like right there on him. Like, you know, like a leech. Mm -hmm. He just told me he wants to be alone. Mm -hmm. Right. That we, we so as parents want to resist that abide section. (laughs) I know it's true, but I think you're, you're right. When you said, Listen to ask them because I think even as a person who's dealt with anxiety and depression, I know what I need yeah. a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. It's I don't trust that anybody could hold it for me. Yeah, um, I don't trust that I can ask for it. Mm-hmm. So then you just pile it on inside of yourself mm-hmm. versus if I've got you and you say, listen, you tell me what you need. Mm-hmm. I got you. And I'm going to do it. And we've got oh that. God, di- yeah. We've got that dialogue. Yeah, that's such a great starting point for people to not judge it. If they're like, you know what, I need cookies yeah. and quiet and Netflix, then have at it. Great. I won't get in your face. Well, this 5, was the biggest questions. thing for Rob with Paisley is, and he would tell you this, is being told by somebody outside of our family, hey. She just needs what she needs and she knows what she needs. So just listen, she'll tell you. So don't run your agenda over top of what they need. And you don't even know. And God bless the fact that you've never been there. Like you have no idea what it takes for her to get going in the morning. Like you want her to get up, get dressed, get to school, do all the things. It is an insurmountable mountain. It feels like you are walking through cement. Mm -hmm. I used to say that and Scott thought I was saying a different word. Cement with Mm -hmm. a T on it. Hard T. I was like, oh, okay. But that feeling, actually, I think you and I talked about this one time mm-hmm. and I did not know this. I had gone to see a therapist after my postpartum mm-hmm. um, break 
And she told me that if you are trapped in an anxiety loop, every time that thought makes a connection in your brain. Mm -hmm. So it makes the full circle. I'm making like a circle with my fingers. Every time it does that, it's, it's hardwiring deeper and deeper and deeper to be the response. Her suggestion to me at the time, and guys, I'm not a doctor. Her suggestion to me at the time was if you can't stop that connection from being made with meditation, deep breathing, a walk, et cetera, then use medication. That's mm-hmm. what she told me at the, this time, because she said the, the alternate place you'll end up is looping that so hard that you can't undo it. And that to me was a revelation. Again, I'm not recommending it. You do what you want to do. For me at that time, I did do that. I did take a medication on occasion if I felt like that loop was just sticking and sticking and sticking. And I would love for the stigma to not be around those things. But I I believe in my Mm -hmm. bones that disrupting that loop changed everything for me and kept me from falling into that trap. So thank you, by the way, for sharing that story. I think people need to hear more Mm -hmm. of these stories. And just knowing that you're not alone is easily half the battle. I have to say, I want you all to hear what Kelly just said and think about it because I have thought about it at least once a month, told countless people. And at the time you said it to me and it resonated and I think it would resonate with everybody. The way you said it to me was every time someone, I don't think we weren't talking about Paisley at the time you were describing your situation, but I had a similar situation somewhere. And you said, every time your brain goes to that place, it gets faster and faster and faster. And if you don't break that circuit, it's just a super highway at the end of it all. And I never forgot that. So please take that. Everybody take that to heart. There is no shame in getting what you need. And, and I mean, to be honest, if you're dealing with, you know, anxiety about going to the grocery store, anxiety about driving, anxiety about meeting new people, do you have time to manage all of those different anxieties? No, my friend, you might have an overarching issue that you might need to address. So, you know, put away your crystals for a second and let's just incorporate those with something else that might be, you might have a bigger issue and don't be afraid to examine it. I'm not saying you have to do anything. The difference between a phobia and an overarching anxiety disorder. Disorder. Okay. So there's like this big, long spectrum, right? Mm -hmm. Phobia. I'm afraid of heights, Mm -hmm. but I'm only, that only ever happens when I'm, you know, in an elevator and the Luxor in Vegas. Valid. If you, to your point, every time I do kind of anything and it's Mm -hmm. continuing to spiral and it's continuing to add, that is the time. Mm -hmm. That is the time to reach out for help without a doubt, because that's, going way past a phobia. Also, from my perspective with my child, and this is my own parenting observation, two things. There was not enough time in the day to accommodate everything that it would have taken to massage each of those situations Mm. to make it okay. And this is not who my child was two years ago. Right. And you know yourself, you know your brain. We all know somebody who has so many hiccups that they have to accommodate on a daily basis that you know there must be one that's overarching all of those things. It's not a hundred. It's one that is a common denominator in all of those things. So just please just keep an eye on your little people. There is, oh my God, it can turn around so fast, but the longer you leave it, the more embedded or the super highway. And, you know, Again, guilty as charged, depending on what's happening in my life, 
we have a thing called the ostrich response, Mm. which is when something gets really intense, we just stick our head in the sand and act like it's not happening. Depending on where you are Mm -hmm. in your life and what's happening with you, you might not feel you have the bandwidth to take something on. So do, this is where I come back. If you didn't hear this last episode, go back to episode five and listen to the circles of service. It is absolutely key Mm. that you first start with yourself. You cannot be of service Mm -hmm. to really literally anything outside of you Mm -hmm. until you've first taken care of that. But if you notice that you're continuing to ostrich over and over again, that is your, that is the flag going up the flagpole that says you need to do you, Mm -hmm. you need to get you sorted Mm -hmm. so that you can then take care of that family member or what's happening. Okay. In the interest of time, mm. there are a couple things I wanted to ask you before we before we, have we finish. One more thing Please. that I think would be super helpful. Yes. And this is sort of tooting my own horn in a way, but it's not Toot like, away, girl. I don't I don't take any there's no strokes for me through this, but I just an idea for everyone to try out there. So we moved into our house nine years ago. New neighborhood for us. Didn't know anyone. Again, saw lots of people that I thought would be really interesting to get to know. Didn't know how I was going to make that happen. So I started this thing where once a month I have an open house in my house pre-COVID. Like, I'm so sad I'm missing out on this right now. But pre-COVID. And I would invite people to come. Come in your sweats. Come with your kids. Come. Just come. Love. And it would be from six to nine. I would put out some kind of food. Lots of booze. And they would come. and But they had to bring someone that I didn't know. So come through the door. And it was hilarious because I would slap a hello, my name is sticker on you. And, you know, sometimes it was 1 a.m. and we're on the front lawn making, you know, waking Paisley up because her room's above the front door. And sometimes it would pack it in at 930. But I cannot. Oh, my God. This is the saddest thing, you guys. But I can't tell you how many moms who I barely knew said to me two things. One, do you know how rare it is to be invited to somebody's home? And two... I can't believe you invited all these people into your home that you don't know. Thank you. Yeah. And I thought, oh my God, I, this is like, this is like a ball pit for me. Like I'm bringing all these people into my house. And then I'm just like, oh my God. I'm like, I've always won. I've seen you at Safeway. I, which is a grocery store here. Well, it's everywhere. I've seen you wherever at the school. I've seen you at the mall. I've seen you. And I've always wanted to meet you. Come. You, you know what? You invite someone, they'll make their own decision. They'll either show up or they won't. But if they do, how awesome is that? I love it so much. And I got that like massive nostalgic rush. I'm so, oh, I, I can't that. wait. I mean, listen, I could spend a whole 10 minutes trying to be creative about ways to do that mm. during this bizarre COVID moment. But yeah. that feeling mm-hmm. and when you said, and I, th- I don't know, I don't know if this is true everywhere. I'm trying to think of the gazillion places that I've lived. Vancouver in particular, and I've noticed this, has a lot of people who stay here mm-hmm. and their families are all here. Mm-hmm. So they've got this kind of very um, like embedded life. Mm-hmm. I have noticed this, mm-hmm. where when you move to this town, yeah. I think those people were right. It's very rare that somebody is bringing you in. Mm-hmm. Granted, I came here in the middle of a pandemic, I so I can't really, you know, name it, mm-hmm. but I can definitely see it. And I'm, I observe enough mm-hmm. to notice that. So I think it's even more rare. And if you are a person that has a community that's already strong, do it as an act of service, you know, oh, even if it were once a year, right? If it were just once a year, maybe you don't care to have more friends. That's okay. But what if we all kind of got back to that place mm-hmm. again? where we built community, if for no other reason 
that if something were to happen, you know somebody to call. Yes. That if just that old school thing, Scott asked me this all the time. Whenever we go somewhere, even when I'm exhausted, yeah. I'll do what I can to meet my neighbors. I yeah. will bring food. Yeah, you do. I do. And part of that is I mm-hmm. think I'm a kind person, but kind of really the probably the bigger reason mm-hmm. is it's survival. Yeah. It you is. know, I will think to myself, gosh, if something happened to me, where does Jack know where to go? Yeah. Does he That's recognize a, a face? Yeah. Does he see any kind of continuity in his life? Mm-hmm. And you mentioned about your parents and my parents were yeah. the same. Open door policy, mm-hmm. you know, just People More than would Marianne. come in and out. Yeah. They didn't make a big scene over it. No. I mean, you don't have to make it complicated. It you don't have to cater it folks. and clean your house. Please don't. And I think, honestly, people don't care yeah. to the point where they really, no. they don't even want you to. They're desperate. I've done it where I've taken it too far. And I can see people yeah. get uncomfortable. You know, because you yeah. do it too. They, <laughs> they're have. like, they don't know how to, yeah. to mind their P's and Q's. Yeah. But I was thinking, I didn't mean that. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't I just, mean that. Like, Wanted it to be nice for you. Yeah, I was just trying to make it pretty. Yeah, now they're like, shit, I wore the wrong shoes. I'm like, never coming over until we renovate. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Which will never happen. Everybody's waiting until they paint. Can I say, wait, one thing, one thing. We can cut it out if it doesn't work. But I, one of the most interesting things that came of all of this was Every there's all those moms that look like they've got it all together, right? They're they're dressed. Yeah, they're, me, right? Of course, <laughs> yeah, me. Every, you and I every day with our tracker <laughs> hats in the in forest, and they look like they've got it all together. And everyone's curious about them. What makes them tick? How do they do it? How do they do it? Do you know that those were the people who came to my house who were the most appreciative, really? and they were the ones that were like because nobody invites ex- them because no they're so intimidated. Hundred <gasps> percent. Hundred percent. Oh, or they gosh. only have their own little group, and you assume, well, that's a clique. I'm not included in that. Group. Right. No. So why would I even attempt? That's all they have. God, it's a deficit. So it's not that they've whittled it down to that. And so I would have these little challenges with myself. This is this is so stupid. I gotta stop saying that. You've word. got yes. I know. I, I am gonna challenge that. This is so okay. brilliant. <laughs> so I would say, like, if someone had to go to the bathroom, I'm like, find a bathroom. So people were everywhere Just let them in my room, your house. in the kids, whatever. Yeah. Because I had to disprove this thing in my head and to everybody. Does it really matter? I I don't know if it was oh, Cam God, that no. said it to me, but somebody said to me at this, by the time you turn 40, they know you. It's too late. They know you. They're either your friend or they're not. It's too late for you to change that. Sorry, honey. It's too late. And so if they're going to go upstairs into my bathroom and see whatever and then judge me that I have bad hair products or whatever. Yet, if it's yellow, let it mellow. 100%. <laughs> Charlie's been in there. Pee on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, and they judge me for that. Well, then you're not my people. But there's not much Amen. I can worry about when it comes to that kind of it's stuff. It's the so, definition of flow. I challenge you guys. Instead of worrying about... The mm-hmm. pee in the potty. Mm-hmm. Are you going to love the experience of having the people that come, having that experience with them together? I really miss it. I mean, I Sarah and I have a mutual friend. His name is Seamus Feely. He's one of the best chefs out there. In fact, I think he ranks as one of the top chefs, possibly. Seamus He's we'll a lovely this. human. I'm going to have him on the podcast. Oh, good. Um, but because we grew up together in the same town. And he told me one time, I forget, I, I think I had him over for... It might have been Thanksgiving when mm-hmm. we were living in Los Angeles. And you guys, I can cook. I mean, I can cook. I'm not, I'm um, not Kelly a chef. Kelly is the best entertainer. She probably never said this. I don't know if anyone said this on your podcast about you. I don't know. Has anyone come on here and talked about you? No. Okay. Well, but I talk about time, myself. <laughs> no, no. Next time I'm coming on it, I'm talking about you. Okay. Here's an example. My son was in an accident in October. 
September of this year, of course, during COVID, because everything happens at the same time. The same day I put ga- gas into my diesel car and ruined it. Yeah, but, guys, this is the one I keep telling you oh, about. Oh, sorry. <laughs> anyway, a lot of things happen on the same day. Kelly is my friend who showed up at the door while I'm bawling my eyes out. Charlie was in the hospital and she brought me food and flowers from her house. Like drop of a hat, she showed up. That's one end of her her spectrum of catering to others' needs. On the other end is making, as a Southern woman, I can only imagine, she's my only <laughs> exposure, but I think I know it all. As only a Southern woman can do, she makes it look effortless. You come to her house, there is always something amazing to eat. She makes it look like, well, I was just doing this anyway. And if you are ever invited to spend time in her company, Make the effort. Oh, make the effort. Thank you. Oh my gosh. I so, I thank you. And that day, yeah. So, this you got to hear this because you'll love this. And thank you for saying that. And you're you're the exact same, by the way. I know, but it's not in your basket. That was from my from the my beginning of this, like all the different variate. Like, we met on the beach one night. Um, we were gonna have drinks on the beach, and she shows up and she pulls out this like you know, straight up mad men, like cocktail situation. And like, we're on the beach and it has like this thing filled with ice and then like the silver little, you know, ice grabbers. Okay. So Seamus comes to my house, right? Seamus is amazing chef. Mm -hmm. And he stands behind me and I'm mashing potatoes. I'll never forget this. And I froze. My whole body just froze. And I was like, in my, inside my head, I go, how do you mash potatoes? Like, how do you mash potatoes? I just got all in my head. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I'm about to make a meal for this person who I think is so good. And I don't know what I'm doing. And I kind of froze. And he said to me, he said, you know, what's crazy. Nobody ever invites me over to dinner. And he said, nobody invites you over either. You know why? Because they don't think that it's going to be what you want. about the food people. Or what you like. And like what you just said, Mm. if you have this idea that somebody else, I don't know, throws a better party or yeah. makes a better meal or has a cuter outfit, and that stops you from interacting with them. Oh my God, what? You're both losing. I'm sorry. You're, you're both, both losing you're all an opportunity. Losing. He said to me that day, and it really struck with me. He said, "You could have me over here and make me a grilled cheese sandwich, mm-hmm. and I'd be the happiest person in the world because all I want to do is just be with people. It's not about that, mm-hmm. you know." But I, it just got me and it made me think about all, you know, my thing is people who dress cute all the time. Mm-hmm. No, I wish like that. Yeah. Make it I'm, look I'm, easy. I'm not going to come down on myself, but that yes, that make it look mm-hmm. easy and make it look sort of effortless. Mm-hmm. And they've got that cute mm-hmm. style. And I will be that person that tells the story of like, Oh my God, they're way cooler than I am. Yeah. And I, I should stay out of that container. What a freaking fucked up thought process because PS also, this is what I've now learned mm-hmm. swing it back to that curiosity thing. There's one mom in particular, super cute. You know who I'm talking about. Super mm-hmm. cute style. You know what I did with her? I said, will you take me shopping? Mm-hmm. Like there's always Love an her. entry point for even the thing that you, you feel go. intimidated by. Yeah. Turn it into something that you're curious about. Mm-hmm. You love somebody's outfit. They're, can I come over and see how you make a cheese plate? Whatever. Okay. Can I just say something? My dad said to me last night, which is just, you and I have this happen all the time. I've never heard him say this before. We're talking about some other topic that I had to deal with. And he said, that person is so competent that their ability has become a liability. (gasps) Ooh, that's so true. Say that one more time. That person is so competent that their ability has become their liability. Boom. And that girl who looks like she's got it all together. Well, her looking like she's got it all together is probably hiding. Include me, include me, include me. That runs through her brain every day. 
look, I'm all together. I'm ready for I'm you. Ready. I'm ready to be included. But you judge that ability as something that is um, makes you feel insecure about yourself. Oh my God, that's so So true. it becomes a liability. Even my, my sort of like desire to make a, a fun, you know, eating experience for people, <laughs> which I do. Yes, and if you you're do. you, yeah. you're not intimidated by it. You do the same thing. So that can be reciprocity. Mm-hmm. But I've definitely had people say to me mm-hmm. many times, mm-hmm. they don't want to have me come over and it has become a liability. Yeah. Because all of a sudden, I'm not part of, I don't ever get asked. I don't yeah. ever get asked. And then I'm like, well, dude, y'all, I'm tired. I don't want to yeah. always be no. the person doing it, right? Yes. And you're so right. Oh God, I just But then what do we do about that? I, I don't mean, know. My, I feel like there's not a real good answer to that because, of course, we don't want to dim our special magic. If I was doing that special magic to try to get you to love me, then we're talking about a different thing. A different thing. If you're putting on that outfit to try to get people to like you, we're talking about a different thing. Yeah. I'm talking about that special magic that you have that you were kind of born with. Of course, you're not going to stop doing it. Maybe. Let's take from that same therapist. maybe it's too shiny. That same therapist told me one other good little gem of wisdom. The same one that talked about the anxiety. She said, anything about you, that's a constant thought in your head. Like Mm -hmm. that. Like people don't invite me over to their house for dinner or whatever. Say it to somebody. We've Ah. talked about this. She's the one who told me, tell your friends in the beginning that you're not great at texting, tell yeah. your friends yeah. that you can, you know, sometimes yeah. drift off and go mm-hmm. dark. Like mm-hmm. tell them at the beginning so they don't get confused in the middle. Are set. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it totally changed stuff for me. So I could at least validate something or I could say to somebody, listen, I want to come to your house. Yes. <laughs> like it Please doesn't have to be for coffee. It doesn't have to be anything. It doesn't have to be a meal. What happened to the cocktail parties that people used to have? Hence my Remember like. Remember those? Potlucks. I am such a potluck person. I love person a potluck. Where, again, this is back in Park City, but yeah. after a while, I was like, gosh, you know, if I'm hosting a lot, and I did have young kids, and so it was easier Girl, to come to my house. you are downplaying. I'm just Okay, it was even. easier to come to my house. Yeah. I started going potluck or, or, yeah. or no luck. Yeah. yeah. Like, or because, no invite. Because then it's yeah. so, it made it so easy, and it was about getting together. Yes. Okay, okay that sorry. brings me to, so at the end of every podcast... Mm-hmm. We do a thing called the three M's minute, but I have to challenge you. And I've asked everybody this. Do you know in Flowland what the Mm. three M's stand for? It's okay if you don't. Well, yours? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, mm, I know. I okay. The order might be wrong, but munch, move, meditate. Hey, okay, you guys so far, everybody's gotten it right. Okay, good. (laughs) Then at least I'm talking as much as I think I am. Um, All right. So munch, move, meditate. Mm -hmm. We want to hear... Yours, and I'm oh. just going to clarify, meditate does not mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to mean sitting in repose. Okay. It will be anything where you saw an observation, where you had a moment of clarity, yep. et cetera, but it all has to be from today. So start with what you had for breakfast. Guys, let's hope it's not oatmeal. We've gotten oatmeal I like I actually so had times. a smoothie this morning. Okay. What was in it? Way too many blueberries. And when I went to the park to walk the dog, I smiled at Angela, our mutual friend, and she started laughing. Because it was my teeth were blue. Anyway, so a smoothie this morning. So that's what I had for breakfast. Okay. And what was your move? I think I know because you just told us. Yes. Okay. But I've learned something about myself during COVID. Or maybe it just happened to be in the last year just by chance. Yes. You and I, big forest bathers. Got to get out into that forest. Got to feel the I earth. actually hugged the trees this morning. Oh, I feel you. I took the kids early. We went out before school, which never happens, Did but you? they were all just awake. And oh. so I thought it would be fun. 
And we started naming the trees. We're like, that's Sally, that's Johnny, that's so-and-so. And then they would go over and they would like lay their head on them. <laughs> I've totally I got my little that. tree hugger kids. Yeah, I love that. So um, getting out into the forest every single day, it's just so good for my soul. I crave it. Like I, Me too. Oh, I don't care what I've been doing all day. I will find a reason to get out there. So walking in the forest, but also self-care for me has a different meaning. It's different for everybody, but I really find that if I exercise beyond that, it's such a good thing for my brain. I don't really, I kind of bypass the body thing. I mean, it's great for your body, but for me, it benefits me mentally. I just, my, my, my view of myself, this is so silly, is so much better after I exercise. Like I, I think I'm really amazing. Me too. <laughs> I don't know why your serotonin, I mean, all your endorphins are flying, I guess, but I, my anxiety goes down my Totally. Everything becomes manageable all of a sudden. I mean, you guys know how much I preach this and you also know how compassionate I am to wherever you are, just begin. You know, I've been there. I've been in the trenches where I I really could do nothing but lift my arm up off the table. So, so do what you can when you can, but there's no doubt, Mm -hmm. zero, zero question Mm -hmm. that that changes the game entirely. Don't you think? We see each other every day. We take the same hike every day. Okay. So, and meditate. What, what was my meditation is walking within the trees and uh, it's no joke. I've done it always. Cam does the same thing. This Island that we go to, um, is all forest, no roads, no electricity, no nothing. And it's heaven for your brain that way. And I think that created this in me where every day I need to get into the forest. And that is my complete meditation. I have a really low resting heart rate. This isn't something interesting to know about yourself. So when I get moving, even at a slow pace, my brain functions so much better. You too. And so it's a series of things sort of coming together. And I, I can answer a lot of my own questions. The cream rises to the top while I'm walking. And do you, when you're doing that, are you not listening to anything? Do you do it in silence? Sometimes I listen to podcasts. Sometimes the flow podcast? I always like mm. on repeat. Yeah, of course. Uh, I usually have you. Like, yeah, <laughs> I don't no, need the podcast. <laughs> I get it live. We solve problems. Or, you know, sometimes I'll walk alone. Sometimes if I bump into somebody, then I'll walk with them. But I, it's a, it's a mandatory. You got to figure out what's mandatory for you and do it. Somebody said to me, top three things. Everyone has three. Non-negotiables. Three, yeah. And make sure you've got one a day that you it's the top of your list. You got to do it to make yourself That's mine. feel a little bit better. Mine would be walking. Me too. I could handle spending a day, you know, eating like crap food, mm-hmm. but I could not handle a day not walking. And I mean, I can balance. handle it, but yeah. I, it completely throws off my, my, my deal. Um, okay. Final, final, final oh, question. Damn. What's for dinner? It's Tuesday, right? <laughs> it's Baja Taco Tuesday, <laughs> courtesy of Kelly Wolf. Well, not courtesy of, but I have the recipe. Are you going to make them? Yes. Sarah, wait for it. You guys, I will see if I can find this to post because I don't know if I'm allowed to Mm. take the picture. I don't know how that works. I don't know. But let me just tell you what it is because you could Google it. It is the Baja Fish Tacos by Once Upon a Chef. Mm -hmm. That is the name of the cookbook. That is the name of the recipe. Google it. Dude, we went bananas i thought so I'm, like I'm so oh excited. i'll have one. Oh no no yeah. i went back and had four mm-hmm. like four big big ones i could not stop you know when you have certain things that you just can't stop eating that has all it yes. has the umami like that the 
the the ne- the next level flavor palettes. Well, and usually I know you're like me. We don't, My mouth's watering. You don't want to eat your own food. Like you're kind of over yeah. it by the time yes. you make it. You're like, yes, oh, you're tired. You're done. You tried it all along. I'll have some chicken noodle soup. See you later. You guys have this. Yeah. And the kids all ate it. Yeah. Anyhow. All right, you guys. Thank you so much we for spending out. this time mm-hmm. with us. And remember that no matter what is happening in your day, you always have flow in your back pocket. Mm-hmm.